We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Curry steps back. Bang! Number 48. I'm, I'm surprised I, you lived after Vegas. Are you, are you still even alive there? Um, you, I'm good, right? Um, you, know, you sound like you're dying. I think I died over the weekend and I resurrected. So this, this is what happened. This is what happened. It wasn't supposed to go down like this. I was supposed to just have – I haven't gone to Vegas since last year at this time. I go over here for my best friend's birthday. And the issue is I haven't drank in a while. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to keep it pretty tame, hit up a couple clubs, and call it a weekend. The problem is the moment that I got on the plane, it was this was Friday night, and I landed at 9 o'clock. I got off the plane, and the first thing that I see is JaVale's big-ass head, clumsy-ass body falling into Steph. And you were on the text with it was me, you, and and Nasheed, and I just start swear. I haven't been that pissed off in like I'm usually pretty calm. I haven't been that pissed off since probably, I mean, even 2016 when they lost, I wasn't pissed. I don't even know the last time I was that mad. Um, it, it was such a dumb off. play. Yeah, um, I was in the arena when it happened, and I was directly like eye contact with Steph. You know where I usually sit. I'm. Uh-huh. Um, 
I sit in the corner, so that I was on the side that the Warriors were attacking, so the side the Hawks were defending. And basically, you know how Steph was standing at the um, uh, the box right. facing um, the opposite side of the bench, and I was basically like eye contact with him, and then I watched JaVale crash into him, and I'm like, oh, God, what happened? I couldn't even tell. And I just see him limp directly in my direction. And when I say my direction, I'm not saying I'm courtside. I'm just saying, like, you know, the rows up I was was direct line of sight. And my first my first thought was, like, this can't really be happening. He can't really have aggravated his ankle again. And and then, you know, because I couldn't really see it in live time because, like, there's just too many bodies in the paint. Like it's not like I was watching for his leg and like, yeah, you, you don't see a replay live. Then I catch wind of the fact that it's something else and it's even more annoying. God. And, and so, <laughs> and so what happened was I, I was pretty much to end the story. I bought a bottle of Don Julio. It was like $75 cause it's freaking Vegas. Um, oh, you got a night. deal. <laughs> Don't I re- don't remember the rest of the weekend. You know how it went. Don't remember the what the rest. Came back at 1:30 a.m. Monday morning. Didn't go to sleep. Went to work at 7 a.m. and had a come down on Monday after I started reading the articles and and started realizing what was happening. Then it started to sink in on Monday night and it was I'm here, dude. And this is this is a dark this is a, I'm, I'm So you Monday think you would like, So are you are you legal to drive now? Like do you think you could blow a 0.0? <laughs> at one point at one point i had i had a sec you know how like you you, you get really amped after you're done we've all, like, all right, we've all been to vegas I'm, a, I'm i'm just gonna take a wild guess majority of our listener base is uh dudes between like 20 and 35 so we've all we've all been there <laughs> you you but the the, it, the the good thing about vegas is though like you can drink extra like you always feel like you could do a couple more handle pulls, like three or four more. And the good thing is that you can drink in the morning and not feel. Like yeah, you feel like you feel like yourself. you feel like Draymond yeah. or LeBron in Game Seven, where you're like, how <laughs> how are they playing with this much effort at, for 48 yeah. minutes? Where's the second or third wind coming from? And you're like, I don't understand where they get this third wind to keep going. That's that's you in Vegas, and you will be paying for it for a long time to come after that. God, no, that that's true. I probably won't be back for a while. Thank goodness. And man, I, I like I was saying, man, I came back and I, after the Steph stuff, kind of kind of sat with me for a while. It just and then it started to become depressing. Like this is probably the only time I've been like truly sad being a Warriors fan in like the last. I guess so let's go into it. I'm not. I'm not sad right now. I'm not sad right now. I, I feel. I feel optimistic. I feel kind of like upbeat about it. Um, not. I, I just think. I think he'll bounce back. I think it's going to be good for the team. I think they. I think they needed some sort of motivation to get them to tie down. Oh, okay. I. Th- I think we. Far too many people are reading into their half-assed effort in January as being some predictive state of like the level of Draymond and Clay and KD's play. Whereas we would never do that with LeBron. If LeBron was half-assing, everyone's sure. like, oh, playoffs are coming. Mm-hmm. I believe in 
the warrior player's character. Like, obviously, there's health concerns with the three healthy core players. Not going to downplay that. But, like, you're kidding me if you don't think Draymond is going to hit that, like, uber competitive level. Now, what it means, I don't know. Like, he's got, like, 18 injuries. So, maybe he could be ultra competitive, but it's just not as good as it was in 16. You know, that's that's possible. But I'm not... I'm not taking anything I've seen in the regular season as like a predictive measurement of what I know they're capable of doing because it's, it's just way too obvious. They don't care. They've, they've entered that LeBron Kobe, whatever. Like when you're perennial contender, you can't be bothered to bring your a game every (laughs) night. You know what I mean? Like they, and, and that's what I've seen for them all year. Like you can't tell me Draymond, is losing a step when for a quarter he'll amp it up and look like peak Draymond, but then like decide not to do it for two quarters after that and then do it again at the end of the game. Like that's, that's just called pacing yourself. That is, that's about right. That's what I've been writing about all season. Here's this though. I was thinking about it yesterday um, or today, whatever Uh, I lose track. The Warriors really only need... So remember in 2016, Steph was really good for a finite amount of games. So I'm one game bad, one game great, right? They only need him to be good, and not even great. Like, they need him to be maybe 80% of what Steph is in only one series, in my opinion. In my opinion, Like, they only need him against Houston. If they can get, like, 75%, which is what we're going to assume he can get to at the minimum, 75% against the second-round team Portland and against the Cavs, Raptors... Uh, I mean, quite frankly, if he gives you what he, if he gives you what he gave you in the 16 playoffs, which is like, (laughs) he, he, a lot of their success when he came back was just sheer decoy gravity. Like I I'll never forget game one against the Cavs where he had 10 points. And I think clay had the same. He might've had nine something. They, They both had like absurd numbers, but everyone else had like 15 points and you roll back the film. What was it? Steph comes off a screen, three bodies jump at him, and Sean Livingston gets an open layup. You know, Steph, Steph and Clay um, run, run some sort of switching action, and then next thing right, you know, right, right. Festus gets a layup, like just over and over again. And only this time, they have the best or the second best score, depending how you rate Steph and Katie also on the floor. Like literally just, just having Steph be a decoy, Katie will dominate so here's my issue right this is less so your issue than my personal issue Steph won't be the best player on the court or he won't be let's say a finals MVP or the person that you're gonna just say hey he was the best player he had the most impact at most I think he's gonna be a person that's gonna be playing second fiddle and not because he's that player but because physically he won't be able to take games over. So I'm not, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that, honestly. So I think, uh, I think two things could happen. I think he could legitimately, he'll come, he'll come back whenever he comes back. And I think we both agree it's the second round at earliest. Um, he, he will work himself into shape so he won't wear himself out like he did in 16. Like when he came back in 16, his first game, he played 40 plus minutes and had 40 points in overtime. A big part of how the Cavs won was he just, he came back at 75, 
percent whatever he was and he just ran out of gas like there's no other way to put it he was on a bum leg and they were beating the hell out of him both in OKC and Cleveland he won't have to do that so it's very possible that it's the other way around KD Draymond and them will beat themselves up where and when Steph comes back he'll be kind of second fiddle and by the time we get to the finals he might be the healthiest one of the bunch you just don't oh, know God. how it's going to go. Um, oh, God. What you're saying is 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 very likely, but like they're gonna they're gonna have to scrap till he comes back. So who knows what kind of shape those guys are in? And it's a long it's a long playoffs. We're what? It's March 27th right now. He will be healthy by early May. Who knows how he feels in June and who knows how everyone else feels in June? Like every series takes its own light. I feel like last year was the most telling for that when he was uh, just so much better than KD every round until the finals and the finals are all anyone remembers. Um, And it's not even that KD was that much better than him. It's just KD took over because the Cavs overplayed stuff. But like, do you remember round one? Round one, KD missed two games. Round two, Steph and KD were kind of equal footing. Round three, Steph averaged, I think, eight more points per game than KD and was objectively the better player. And then the finals came around, and that's all anyone remembered from KD. He really wasn't that special in the playoffs last year. Like, he wasn't bad or anything, but he was the second fiddle for most of the playoffs except for the finals. Um, so let, let's let's flip this on the other way because um, you you enjoy this argument and i think there's something to be said about that as as a team that's going to be this good i think this does allow durant to have an argument against people that say he took the easier way out because in what in what way is this season going to be easy right because he's he's been battling through injuries himself i think two different injuries right he's coming back on thursday he's gonna have to carry this team because they have no offense without him Right, as great as as Draymond and Clay are, yeah, actually, he's gonna have to carry. Him if you can give me a first qu- and second round, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I pulled the numbers up. Um, first Ooh. off, uh, Katie with Clay and Draymond, but no Steph. They've only played two hundred ninety three minutes together, um, which is to say, a lot of those stats that people say the Warriors without Steph, it has a lot of games where it was just Katie and Clay, or just. Um, KD and Draymond or just KD or just Draymond or just Draymond and clay or none of the four, which we're watching right now. Uh, So they're a little bit misleading. Obviously Steph makes them greatest of all time. Good. But a lot of the stats are like without Steph this season are somewhat misleading because it's not like it's the full team there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I noticed in all the numbers where it's the Warriors core three without Steph KD's numbers are more or less the same. Next to Steph, he hits like a higher level of efficiency that's like unheard of. But without Steph and with the rest of the core, he's still kind of at general MVP efficiency and volume. Um, Draymond kind of does his thing too. His assists go up because he handles the ball more. His efficiency is a little worse, but still good. It doesn't like drop heavily. It drops about 10 to 12%. Um, And... Uh, his rebounds and it basically he's, you know, he, he gets a few less easy buckets cause there's no stuff, but he's still a pretty impactful player. Clay goes off the deep end. Clay is terrible without Steph this year. 
I'm I'm talking uh, like I, inefficient I like career thing, right? I think it it is. I, I mean, I, I only pulled up this yeah. year's numbers uh, yeah. because I wasn't like I wasn't too interested in the numbers in previous years <laughs> without KD, right? Uh, sure. But like even next to KD and Draymond without Steph, he's a role player. He averages 16 points per 36 minutes, not efficiently. I assume but, the efficiency would probably go up over volume because he's too good a shooter, right? Uh, but like, it's a huge drop off. By the way, how many times have we argued that I say that Clay is not a first option player on a on a on a, on a team that aren't isn't the Warriors, and you always say otherwise? Come on now. I think I th- I I still think there are ways for him to be, but um, in the makeup of this roster without Steph, mm, I don't know. Um, but the point is, uh, you're right. When we get back to the, the, the original point before I go on the number, uh, sure. thing, it, this is kind of a moment for KD to endear himself to the fan base, like right or wrong, yeah. right or wrong. Steph, yeah. Steph could drop off a cliff. Steph could go into post Achilles Kobe mode and no okay. one, Dude, no one would right, say anything. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> But I'm saying like, I'm just saying Draymond has done, Draymond is basically infallible to the fan base. He's done so, he's had so many heroic moments. He's, he's our guy. Clay also, you know, like game six against OKC is one of the most legendary games I've ever seen. Um, KD's still kind of the new guy. He's still kind of like the hired gun. Um, No one dislikes him or anything, but you, he, he just hasn't produced that like, he hasn't given us like like how Draymond gave us those games when Steph was out in the playoffs, or Draymond gave us Game Seven <clears> against <throat> Cleveland, or you know how Clay gave us Game Six versus OKC, or how Steph has given us God knows how much. Um, Katie hasn't had that moment where it's like, dude, this guy just you know he he pulled no, a game he pulled a game out that we had no business getting. Um, you could say Game Three against Cleveland, but like okay, if they drop that yeah. game, they still probably win in five anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's 100% accurate. Like, last week, we talked really ex- long and extensively, and it was really good about how, like, like I said, really good about a conversation that we had, of course. But <laughs> they, it was it was, it was a, a fun conversation about how uh, this team is going to be a lot more fun to watch. We'll get more moments if the games are close, and that's kind of why you love guys, right, as a fan, because yeah. when it comes down to it, and, and KD's going to have a game, like, I almost guarantee you he's going to have a game against uh, who like let's say the Wolves where they're down by ten, you know, mid fourth quarter, and he's gonna pull it out, and you're just gonna be like, like, oh shit, like this guy actually is a top three player in the NBA, and it's gonna be a top ten player of all time, right? right. Or 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 a series guys. where it looks like, oh damn, the Warriors are about to go down three to two or something exactly. like that, and he just yeah. takes it, and it's like, nope, not letting it happen. Um, and to be honest, Steph really, I mean, Steph has, but to be honest, like. There hasn't been much of that from even Steph because the Warriors kind of just roll teams a lot of the times. <laughs> they're that good. And really, if Steph and Katie were completely healthy this season, they'd probably do it again. They'd probably roll teams again. So selfishly from the fact that we want to see these type of comeback moments, yeah, they'll have them. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, man, it's going to – Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to compare – I don't want to compare Steph to Dwayne Wade. Um, but like – Wade Ooh. Wade is the guy in Miami. He just is like he means he he me, he meant to that franchise what Steph means to the Warrior franchise, right? 
and he got hurt and LeBron, like the point that probably made LeBron um, or really endeared him to that fan base is when he literally dragged them when it was clear Wade was banged up. In some ways, uh, Katie has that same opportunity right now, you know? And then yeah, that's. No, no. I was just going to say, like, that's I mean, these are you remember moments more than anything, you know, like everyone. No one remembers. The Miami Heat going not not four, not five. I mean, we we troll about it, but like, you know, that that was a super team. But then things happened and then you had to see like how truly brilliant LeBron was to pull them out of it. And all of a sudden you forget all that. Like, this is going to be unfair talk. That's true. I will say just that comparison is a little just because we knew LeBron was a better player. We were just waiting for Dwayne Wade to relinquish control. And it's funny with the Warriors because both guys relinquished too much control, KD and Steph. And it wasn't until KD actually said, yo, Steph, like I'm going to need you to, to, to actually, you know, take the ball more on offense. And, and since then it's been, it's been amazing. So um, it's a delicate balance. And I think it's, it is, it is, Really cool that the war because I can't think of another word to say it, but just really cool that the Warriors have figured out how to play with each other. Um, just kind of wish at a certain point they don't break down because they have the season, right? And if this is what it is this season, the hell you think it's going to look like next season or the season after? The only right? the only um, thing that has me um, not agreeing with you there and a little optimistic is like Katie and Clay's injuries are pretty freak. You know, like Clay literally jammed his thumb and fractured it. That's not a long-term wear and tear thing. But then on the flip side, Draymond's is, and Steph's kind of is too. So yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, and then we'll, we'll get on this at a later point. You know, it does kind of forebode, you know, not that they want to leave, but guys that run the team might want them to leave. So um, anyway, we our, our next topic is playoff related, right? Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking down the line, but there's still a lot of factors, and I think we both kind of agree. Um, it would be in the Warriors' best interest to not have like a dogfight series in the first round, considering how banged up everyone else, everyone not named Steph is on the team. Like, they're, if they could get some luck in the first round, it would be, it, or that's the wrong way to put it, but like, it would behoove them to not get into a, uh, series um, against a difficult team in the first round when they're not even fully healthy or engaged right now. How about this? I mean, we just talked about we just talked about moments. Uh, let what team? Because I mean, we don't really think that the Warriors are going to lose a first round series. So, so what? What team do you think would push them further? I think that's a team I want to see. I want to see KD by himself against the Thunder. See, for, that's for the one thing I did. That's the one thing I, I, if I was the Warriors, that's the one team I don't want to play in the first round. But um, if, like what we just talked about, though, if you want to see KD become a guy that Warriors fans love just as much as the other guys, that's the series. That's true, but that's a hell of a first round series. <laughs> um, and you get why I wouldn't want to see that. What if I was the Warriors, I wouldn't want to play the Thunder in round one. Um, I feel like the Warriors' big advantage over the Thunder is when, they, when they're when they engaged and they push the pace, the Thunder are just terrible in transition. Um, but without Steph, they don't really push the pace much. And then you're just talking about Steven Adams in the half court, and that's just a nightmare. So um, if I was to say... 
the team I would not want to face the most would be the, and that that's nothing to do with the, then you got to add in the emotional factor for Durant. It's that's the series everyone wants to see, but like objectively as the series, the Warriors do not want a round one without Steph. I need, I need, you know what I need? I just thought of this. I need this to go to the sixth game warriors up three, two. And then I need Steph to come back at OKC to just end that shit. Like that would be perfect. Just Steph. Dan- back dancing healthy. on the court again oh my god if he's healthy enough he's just hobbling through a, a first round series game six and he just hits a clinching shot you know no nah, i'm kidding that that's that's yes. maybe in the finals maybe so, in the finals but uh, <laughs> so yeah let's run through it so who would you say is probably the worst matchup for the warriors in the first round if we're assuming steph isn't playing and i i think i think odds are steph doesn't play in the first round no way, no way he plays. Right? There's no way. So if that if that were the case, uh, Thunder obviously, but I go Spurs easily. Uh, I mean, at this point, actually, Kawhi doesn't look like he's coming back at all. Right? For just from what you're seeing, it just doesn't look. So, and so if Kawhi back. does come back, he's he's yeah. not he's not Kawhi. He comes back, he Dude. plays 28 minutes, gets 14 points. Like I'm not saying he doesn't help the team, but it's the idea that like Kawhi's back, it's like, it's not like we're dropping in mid March, 2017, like MVP candidate Kawhi. I don't think there's a team that the Warriors should be scared of at all. What are you going to give me the wolves? Like there's no team that, that I wouldn't want to play the wolves. I wouldn't want to play the wolves. Stop it. Hear me out on this. If Jimmy Butler will be back, Jimmy's great. Um, And I think towns, let me put it this way. Towns is more talented than anyone on Utah or the Spurs. Um, assuming Kawhi is out, of course. And I think there's something to be said for talent over anything else in the playoffs. Like you get someone like Towns playing with his max effort, which is what's most likely going to happen in the playoffs. I'm not saying he won't make rookie mistake. Well, he's not a rookie, but you know what I mean? Like um, first time in the playoffs mistakes, but it's kind of like the same way that like, even though the Warriors swept New Orleans, like Anthony Davis in his first playoff series, like showed you just how talented he was. I feel like you'd have to deal with that with Towns. The only difference is um, Anthony Davis had Tyreek Evans as his second best player and uh, Towns has Jimmy Butler. So I think that would be a little bit of a nightmare for a team that's kind of trying to hold it together and find itself without Steph. You know what? Here's the thing. And I am not, Jimmy Butler doesn't worry me. Like you don't need a you don't need to change your game plan game plan to guard Jimmy Butler. No, you don't. Like he, you don't need to do really. You don't if for the if the Warriors didn't have. But a, you do for Towns. Defense. I mean, I guess he, let me let me put it this way: the combo of Towns and Butler is a very high level tandem if they're playing to their max ability. Um, Let's just say those two playing to their max ability worries me more than Donovan Mitchell and Gobert playing to their max ability. <laughs> and it's like, there's nothing against Utah. And I think Mitchell's going to be amazing, but he is 20. He's a rookie. You know, like he's exceeded every expectation. And Gobert is an amazing defensive player, but like he's not turning a series in the way that uh, some of these bigs like Towns or Anthony Davis can. Yeah, but here's my point. I just I don't see just that mattering. 
You know what I mean? Let's say, let's say you, you literally can just throw Clay Thompson and Jimmy Butler and he's not going to drop 30 on him. Right. And then Andrew Wiggins, you can literally, you can probably put like Sean Livingston and then there's towns, but sure. And then outside of that, you know, that's about it. That's a series that you'd assume that KD is probably going to average 35 because they don't have anybody that can guard him. Jimmy Butler. Be Elisa, you know, man. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like he's an okay defender. I think Butler is in, in his right, but he's not someone that can even bother. Um, KD and we Butler's, know, we know Butler's a really good defender, but he doesn't match up well with KD. You're right. But he he's just doesn't a, stand a chance. He, he's more of a guy who guards um, physical players. Well, like Clay, like he can guard Clay, like he shut Clay down. Yeah, right? exactly. But, but and what is that? And maybe even not because he's coming off a knee injury. He's not chasing him around screens. But like then it becomes the Warriors are going to be able to score. They're going to be able to defend Minnesota in a short series, right? And the Minnesota bench is terrible. So like, I mean that that's five. And so I think, you know, it kind of the first round is a bit of a joke, right? I think for the Warriors outside of OKC, I think you're right though. Like OKC, the more I think about it, the more they do worry. It, it probably goes five at the very least, and and likely six. I think if Steph were out, um, I think it's but, a bad matchup because it'll it the Thunder will one they have a lot of talent and two like the warriors best advantage against them is like getting them in transition and watching russell you know make terrible decisions on defense and all that sort of stuff all that stuff's a little mitigated if they can set up in the half court which is kind of what they'd be able to do against the stephless warriors yeah so i mean outside of that though i don't think the warriors need to worry and that's why I don't think Steve Kerr is, is playing a mind game and saying like, hey, maybe he wants Steph coming out come back earlier by saying, you know, Steph's not coming. But I think they just don't want him to come back. Oh, can we talk and, about and, can we talk about Kerr's comments? Like I, I saw a few people get upset about him and I was just like, What what do you expect him to say? Which he's one trying is this one? where he's like, Steph's not coming back and we can beat we can right. beat anyone without Steph. Like, of course he's going to say that. He's trying to motivate his team. He knows that they. it's kind of like a gut shot to lose Steph. He's, he's. I mean, this is just a standard coach's thing. Only in his case, he has another MVP. He has two other all-stars. Like, saying anything other than that would, it would just be showing weakness and it'd be like kind of freaking out for no case, for no reason, right? Yeah, and I also think that he, he it was taken a little bit out of context. Like they weren't asking him, like, "Hey, you know," and like, he he wasn't trying to say what people got on him for saying, like, "Hey, we don't need Steph to win," you know, a postseason series. Like that's not what he's trying to say. Like you're, he's just a coach that is not gonna just all of a sudden say, "Hey, this guy's out." Let's all of a sudden get real scared and everything like that, right? Even even as a Steph stand. Like at the end of the day, this isn't all about one guy. This is about the Warriors, and the coach isn't going to come out here and say we're screwed without him. And I saw some stuff where people were saying like, "Hey, Steph came back too early, right? Why don't you just sit Steph for an extra game?" Like, look, dude, it's a fluke injury. He came back; it was as healthy as he could have been, right? And it was against a team that was terrible. There wasn't going to be that. He much had a right. He had a right ankle issue, and someone fell on his left knee. Like, like, what are you supposed to do? That could happen against the Blazers in round two. That's like that's like saying Kawhi's. Um, oh shit! That's like saying Kawhi's left uh, tendiopathy, whatever issue with his quad, is related to Zaza rolling his right ankle. Like, come on! Although people yeah. do think that, <laughs> um, it's just it's it's silly. Yeah, I mean, so, well. 
we'll have to we'll have to see. I think I think the Warriors. I think you started off the pod by saying the road is a little bit over overrated. Um, like it's not going to be that tough. The Warriors going to be fine. I tend to agree with you. Like I, I just think outside of this is what the this is what the easy this is what the preface. Everyone else is healthy enough. We don't know that, but we're assuming. Um, if Here's you, the other thing, though. They also are choosing to rest these guys enough to get there. I'm pretty sure if KD, Clay, and Draymond had to play right now in this game, that's at halftime. They'd be on the floor. I don't know. He uh, Draymond has a stomach flu. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has what Andy had Saturday morning. Uh, but I mean, like, like this is. I watched pregame more, so I get I get to Oracle on Friday, the game that Steph uh, hurt his knee at seven and KD is going through individual workouts. He's fine. Um, some of the c- fastest crossovers I've seen. And for, for someone his size, like I've watched KD warm up, but it was just like, it was, he was, he was doing a bunch of crossovers and pull-ups at full speed. Very fast. I was like, he's 100% healthy. I'm not worried about him at all. So, um, yeah, they're being a little precautious. Well, also, but his injury is also like contact to the ribs. I think he said it on the last pod. This is more of pain management. Like they're like, well, let's make sure he doesn't crack his ribs. So let's hold him out for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, like everything that they're doing is is just precautionary. Like these guys could play, and that's the way you want to do it. They were one fluky Steph injury away from all being back by next week, fully healthy for the last ten games, ready to be going in the playoffs. And you know that doesn't happen, and. That's fine. We'll see. We'll and you see can and there. you can say it's lame that they're doing this, but they ran through the regular season well enough to have their postseason. Like, yeah, they're not getting the one seed, but they have they have the two seed locked up. They and have you know, no you know, they have no incentive. No one's pushing them. Like they're not going to fall to three, and they can't catch one. So why not? It really is perfect, though. If you think about it, it really it really kind of fell perfectly together. Like they just they weren't going to get the one seed. They kind of gave up on that. And then they can't fall any further than like than second because just because they're so much ahead of Portland. And yeah, and I think they actually did want to go for the one seed, but then injuries started happening. And you can say maybe they shouldn't have um, blown so many games in the early part of the season, but it kind of is what it is. You know, yeah, I mean, it happens. They were going to go for it when they had a shot in the second half of the season, and a couple of breaks went the wrong way. It is what it is. It is what it is. We got some uh, we got some Joe Lacob comments. I saw this morning that Joe Lacob was going to be on 95.7. And I keep thinking, like, my first initial thought was, he is this a time that Stephen Curry is out with an injury that could leak into the second round and a team that's struggling to win games? It's an interesting time for him to go on public with public. So, so I will but, say this: he had this. But we're here. He had this scheduled a while ago, and he apparently does a yearly, like this is his kind of like a big thing for Lakeup is has been um, being engaged with the fan base. Uh, that's a big. Um, I'm not saying he shouldn't. Have well, done. it's I'm a part of it's like, because it's, Cohan it's Cohan moment. was not public. Like he thinks it's important to kind of have a state of the union with the fans and kind of like be a little more front and center and show them how much he cares. Um, you can say what you want about it, but like g- given the choice between the owner who hides and sucks or the owner who maybe talks a little too much, I'll take the latter. Hey man, as long as not Mark Cuban. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
So let's pull up some of these quotes. You want to go? Which one? Which one? You want? There's two good ones. There's two fun ones. Which one do you want to go in first? The Warriors and Rockets, where he thinks the Rockets might not make it, or the Big Four Chase Center? Which one? Um, let's go with the Big Four Chase Center first. All right. He goes on if the Big Four will be there when the Chase Center opens. He goes, well, I hope so, but you don't know. These guys have earned the right to be free agents at some point in their careers. And it's really up to them where they decide to sign. We can make offers. We can be aggressive as you want to be. Uh, we want to be there, blah, blah. I can't speak for them. They have to make that choice themselves. Clay Thompson has his choice, his chance. We'll try to sign him, maybe even for them to an extension, and we'll talk with Draymond. So what I heard was you're taking a discount. <laughs> he, he, he alluded to them getting into early discussions with Clay. And if they can get Clay inked below market this summer, that's the best of all worlds for them because then he's a tradable asset. You know what I mean? Like you get if you get Clay inked up below the max before it's free agency, and now you have like a five year Clay deal. All of a sudden, he's a massive trade. It's it's just in the best case of the team. I don't think Clay's going to do it, but obviously that's what the team wants, right? Like he's not going to lose value being under contract. Um, and I, I kind of heard that what I heard there was there, he was essentially kind of calling their bluff saying, yeah, you can get a max in Sacramento or you could stay here and make up that money plus more off the court. So that you, it's interesting that you say Sacramento cause, cause I, I think they'll extend quite, I think that one's kind of a shoe in and I'll think he'll take a little bit of less money to do that. Um, I think the interesting one is going to be Draymond. And I do think that he is going to pull something of an Andre Iguodala where he'll get a max from Sacramento. I do think the Warriors and, and Myers is someone that uh, is willing to pick his heart over his head. Um, and I think it, it's going to be a power struggle for Draymond. I think it's going to be who likes him more, who because they know they overpaid for Andre Iguodala. They know that. And we're about to find out here if that was worth it or not, which personally I think it is. But if they see that that they're going down the same road again, and for Draymond Green, maybe someone who isn't in the physical shape that Iguodala is and is, is you know might get hurt more just because of the way he plays, I don't know if that's someone that they'll be willing to bring back. And that could be a battle between Lake of Kerr and, and Myers. That See, that I, almost, I almost disagree with you. Um, one... I don't know what kind of what Draymond's going to look like in two years. Um, my mind tells me the odds that a six foot five guy who plays power forward and who throws his body around like that's for sure not going to age well. Um, like just just being real, like even though he's one of my favorite players, like you just you can't imagine a scenario where he's like gracefully aging like Tim Duncan, right? Um, but I think Draymond is by far the most attached to being here because he knows everything he does off the court is tied to being on this team. Draymond gets zero endorsements in Sacramento. And I think Draymond needs those a lot more than Iguodala or Clay. Draymond's pitching everything right now. And he can because he's in every relevant basketball game ever because the Warriors are relevant. Um, I don't think Draymond has that same effect if he goes back to the Pistons, right? And he's like helping them fight to be an eight seed. 
he's just not that guy. So I think. And by the he, way, Draymond's I think he's mom is a commercial right now. But yes, I, right, yeah, I was. I I thought that was. I was looking up and I saw. I'm like, oh wow. I feel like she's about to yell at me again. <laughs> but um, I think if anyone's willing to take a discount, it's him because I mean he'll he'll play the market a little bit. But I think he knows how much extra money he makes off the court by being on the warrior specifically on this warriors team he's smart enough he's always kind of realized like his his earning potential is tied towards being the intangible guy on the dynasty team right he knows that uh that's kind of why he like he loves his assists and kind of plays for that because he knows he's not a 25 point per game scorer he knows he's not going to get 25 well i don't think anyone cares if we get 20 rebounds a game anyway but like, but hey, if he's that intangible guy who's getting a little triple double on that, he's he's very marketable. Hey, here's the thing, though: the Warriors know that too. They do. Like they know they know he's the guy that. Yeah, but they also know that he's invaluable to the team. And unless you know that Anthony Davis is coming back, to, I mean, not coming back, is going to the Warriors, or you know that Giannis is going there two years later, or you know another guy can fill in capably in those steps that you kind of have no choice but to re-sign Draymond. And Draymond is going to say, hey, like, listen, I also took a cut last time, right? And and I got I you, KD. And I, and I got you, KD, right? And, and he did. He, he did. was the guy that pulled him in. So where's my money? And the Warriors might have no choice. Like there's a very say. there's a very big uh, yin yang relationship between Steph and Draymond. Like Steph sets the culture, but Draymond's kind of the crack the whip guy. Steph can play with anyone, but Draymond's the guy who recruits them. Like there's, it's it's very much a thing with the two of them. Um, so it'll be interesting. I haven't even thought about the Draymond summer because it seems so far away. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be fast, man. And think, and think of it this way: like, what if, what if the Warriors? Let's say they win this year, but what if they lose next year, or maybe they lose two? Like, maybe they lose this year, win next year, and lose again, right? Then we're talking about then we're talking about a team that's that's maybe losing going to the Chase Center. Maybe you don't want to re-sign an aging team, right? And and again, if they win the next two titles, then it kind of all is moot. You kind of don't, you kind of can't change uh, from from those guys if that happens. Um, which I do, which I think they will, right? I think they will win the next two. But what if they don't? Then that becomes. I mean, yeah, you, you don't. Do. You can assume they're the favorite, but as we're seeing right now, like you can't control injuries. Playing this many games, it's it could go in any direction. The Warriors tried to control injuries, and then they still can't. So, um, speaking of a team uh, that uh, may beat them, because you never know, the Warriors and Rockets and Lakeup had this thing to say, which is so Lakeup. And it's so arrogant, and it, and it's very much Silicon Valley. It's so light years. It is truly, truly light years. On the idea that the Warriors and Rockets are on a collision course, he goes, we don't know what's going to happen. Houston could get upset if you're so worried about Houston. They're the best team right now. There's no doubt they're the best team, and we're looking up to them. But that doesn't mean they'll be there in the Western Conference Finals. We might be there, and they might not be there. You have to wait and see. you got to prove it on the court. <laughs> Lake of listens to light years. <laughs> I mean that. I mean, there's no other way to. I mean, although I will say this though, I think this mirrors the way that the Warriors think. Like they think that they're not scared of Houston, and I think part of them, if not most of them, feel that like these guys want us so bad, they might not even be there. Like they're gonna have to run through 
OKC in the second round, that's not going to be a joke. Like, that could easily go six, seven. And who knows what the hell is going to happen in the seventh game between James Harden and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, three guys that just blow themselves I'm just up. imagining oh, what, what James Harden looks like by game four against Paul George guarding him when he's not getting every call. When when Paul George is like kind of figured out how to play the refs a little better and Harden's not getting 15 free throws. You know, it's not it's not a given. Um but that aside, that was a very big troll by Lakeup. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> <laughs> um that's how you know Lakeup that's how you know Lakeup is, is pretty likable. As as just verbally, the way he talks and the way he says things. It might rub some people the wrong, wrong way. But I think overall, for your average fan, he is pretty likable. Just someone I mean, Light Years is hilarious. I think your average fan loves that. I think there are there are gonna be old school guys who are just don't like fun and probably find that annoying. But I think most guys find the cheering and all of that pretty cool. Yeah, I think um it's it's hard to dislike the guy because he hasn't really taken a wrong step. Like for all his right. with all the bravado you worry like, oh God, this is a meddling owner. You know, like he's gonna he's gonna go in there and like start demanding trades and thinking he's a GM. But what bad moves have they made? You know? Like everything they've done insinuates that he knows enough to listen to like the basketball minds in the room when he has to. Maybe that changes in the future. Uh Amin was saying it on this pod. He's like, hey man, wait, you know just wait a few years and see what happens. And he might be right, but um, I don't know. It's going to be, you've said it in other episodes too. It's going to be a lot harder when these guys are not 28 to 30 and they're a little older. And it's like, is the emotion winning out? How cold and calculated are they? What are they going to do? Yeah, that's fair. You want to get the mailbag? Yeah, let's do a couple of mailbag questions. And then we'll right, get well, out of let here. Me go, let, let me go first. You do you do one question after this because I only got a statement. This, this is my favorite one. Oh, so, I know it's what you're reading. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, by the way, guys, if you can just uh, – well, number one, subscribe, rate, five stars, the usual shebang. Um, if you want to ask questions because uh, we do check the hashtag, just hashtag like yours podcast throughout the week, whatever you want. And we'll, we'll look at it and we'll read them out. This guy, uh, happy boy with a four, uh, tweeted to us. Steph is ninth in 30-point games this season, despite missing 24 games. Not a question. Just thought it was interesting. (laughs) There you go. Your turn, man. The best part is Steph, (laughs) when he got hurt, had played 25 minutes and had 29 points. Like, he was well on his way to another 40-point game. And it was so effortless. Now I'm just mad at JaVale again. Oh man, uh, it's 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 wild the efficiency. But I mean, we can talk we can talk for thirty more minutes. But we got we got to get on to other things. All right, from uh, Mustafa, a loyal listener, latest podcast. How long into a series? Um, how long into a series and still until Steph needs to be rushed back? For example, if they're down two one in the second round to Portland, should they bring him back right away or try to right the ship without him? Um, I think by mid second round, he'll just be healthy. Yeah, but be I think this way. is more of a question of what if they're two, two in the first round, do you rush him back? No, I, I, 
the layman the lame answer is it's so circumstantial it's so um like if clay goes down and you're in this certain thing and like you ha- and he's close enough felt like there's no there's no magic number on like when you bring him back and certainly in a first round series there's no magic number well let's say this guys are healthy they're down Let's say it is a two-two series in the first round because that does that does get a little scary. Let's say let's say they play OKC and it's two-two. Guys are healthy, but they're they're going back to the Warriors. Steph is pining, right? And he's saying, "Hey, I'm ready to go." He's talking. Actually, he would never talk to media. That's a fake hypothetical. But let's just say he he says he's feeling good. Would you bring him? Like, would you be fine with bringing him back, knowing that he's probably at seventy percent tops? Uh... Ah, that's a tough one. I'm gonna let you answer. Yeah, that is a tough one. <laughs> I'd go. Um, I'd go no, just because you gotta trust your guys. Like you, you gotta let Steph. Like this is a long season, and at that point, I mean, look, listen. At that point, it's three games left, and I think that if you lose a game five, you bring Steph back for game six, right? But I think for a game five at home, that is a rough way to come back. Come back in an elimination game. I don't know that the Warriors right. would do that. Yeah, that's I don't true. know if they would. Yeah. That's just setting yeah. the guy up to be the goat. You know, right. and not not like the um, the greatest of all time, but just like. Right. The, um, I don't know. I I, I go back to my original answer. It, you kind of have to see how he's responding and how the series is going. If everyone else gets hurt and you have to rush him back, like you're kind of screwed regardless. Yeah, you know what? At that point, I say yes. You know, and I think about it. It's a three-game season at that point, and you don't want to bring him back. You don't want to bring him back in the elimination game, and it's not like Kawhi where you sit him and don't want him back because you know you're not going to win it anyway. Um, the Warriors—they're here to win a championship. Like they know they can win, especially a first-round series. That if that's going to happen, I think you have to bring him back. Uh, I, I and I think that Steph would be someone that is going to plan for that. And I think if he doesn't plan that they, they lose, you do lose him. I mean, he's not going to ask for trade or anything. But that is something that does look bad internally. Um, so I think you have to bring it back. I actually think you don't have a choice. Now that I think about it, the more I think about it, you yeah. don't have a choice but to bring it back. Yeah, you're right. He's not going to put up with it. He'll he's he's cool waiting an extra game if they're up three to one. He's not he's not going to be cool with it in a tie series that they may lose. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So uh, you know, um, let's let's hope that. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, all right, man. All right, you got another one, or, or you? No, or, I think we should just get out of here now. All right, fair enough. Or right, we'll be back what next week? Well, we'll figure out a time next week. Maybe the Warriors will even have a player um, not named Quinn Cook on the floor. Maybe, maybe even I'll be healthy. So. All right, man. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.